During World War I, there was a lot of different types of problems on the home front between races, between Japanese Americans, African American women, and Braceros. Japanese Americans had to face a lot of problems after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Many of them were put into internment camps. They couldn't make car payments. They couldn't arrange for what happened with their stores. Government put all their personal items in the warehouse. They really didn't have a warning. Warning for for the internment. They the government had just posted flyers on poles, on telephone poles, and anywhere on storefronts, telling the Japanese Americans they would be put into internment camps. They were when they were taken. And when they were put on trains to go into the internment camps, they were put into temporary holding centers like racetracks, horse stalls, and other items like that. These places were not very clean. They had 12 toilets lined up in one room side by side, 12 shower heads side by side in one big room. When they were moved into to the desert, temperatures ranged from 100 degrees to below zero during the, during the winter or nights. They had no running water, and no, and they were not allowed to eat into the eat in the barracks. Kids might have spent after these internment camps. Kids might have spent time in orphanage. Some of them were still called names in high school and everywhere. Most some Japanese Americans were trusted. Some of the boys were drafted. From the History Channel, FBI had rounded up between twelve hundred and ninety-one Japanese communities. Houses were searched, riots would break out. Six days, they had six days, they were given six days to notice. Insignificant, they had really bad rationing portions and overcrowding. Some Japanese Americans were not paid for the jobs that they worked, that they did. These places were lined with barbed wire, guard towers, and mill plumbing. After a while, they had gotten better. Japanese Americans were really, were really proud of their family values. They had little to none. Women became very important during World War II. 350,000 joined the military, and women on the home front took up jobs, grew victory gardens, and sent their husbands off to fight. Lorraine Buswell experienced this abrupt change. She described her experience to Rick Randall in an interview from April 22, 2005. She was born and raised in Utah. She remembered being required to ration goods such as gas, sugar, and leather. Lorene and her husband, Dan Buswell, went to New York for his Navy training before being sent overseas. She then stayed in New York for a while because Navy wives opened up their houses for free. Their stay included a private bathroom down the hall, a room, and breakfast. People were very patriotic during World War II. She then decided to return to Utah. There she saw the large camps filled with Italian and German prisoners for war. Her father would use prisoners to work on his farm, even though he would never admit to it. She was lucky enough to have her husband return once the war ended. Another account is from an African-American woman named Sybil Lewis from an interview by Mark Jonathan. World War II was the first time she ever got a job and earned her own money. She got a job working in a shipyard doing a man's job in Los Angeles, but only getting paid like a woman. This was a new kind of discrimination for her instead of the usual racial discrimination from the South. 
She still felt that this was an empowering time for women until the war ended. Once the war ended, she was not needed at her job, just like many other women. Women were pretty much taken for granted during World War II, even though they put in a lot of work and effort to keep the home front running. So the Bracero program was a program that not many Americans knew at the time during World War II. It was it would bring labor shortages and low paying agricultural jobs to Mexican Americans. It was kind of controversial at the time, and many Mexican nationalists were willing to take the Irish jobs at wages scorned by most Americans. But farm workers in the U.S. worried that Braceros would take the jobs, and it actually did, with 4.6 million contracts in 1942 that were signed, with many individuals returning several times on different contracts, making the largest U.S. contract labor program. Between the 1940s and mid-1950s, farm wages dropped sharply as a percentage of manufacturing wages. As a result, in part of the use of braceros and undocumented laborers who lacked full rights in American society. Speaking of this, there is a person who was part of the bracero program named Lucas Edmundo Benitez Cardenas. During his time, though, he... He actually doesn't really know his birth, like he has two different birthdays. Civilian papers said that he was born on November 18, 1919, and his Baptist church said that he was born on October 18, 1918. But speaking of that, he came, moving on, he came from a poor family, but they didn't really go to school. He was so poor that he couldn't even afford shoes. He couldn't even afford public school either. Actually, his parents made him go to public school, but parents food and his parents weren't really able to. But later on, he was able to be shipped to California, work on agricultural jobs, and then soon he was able to make enough money to move to Los Angeles to live with his uncle, working seven days a week at a shipyard since the company paid him really well, $20 a day. Sent all his paychecks to his parents so they could pay for food and clothing. He was very social and made many friends. He, would, he was never a problem between him and a lawsuit at all in the U.S. People actually looked, for, looked at him for advice, but when deported back to Mexico, he started studying on main, main languages, English, French, math. Well, math is a, math is not a language. Math is not a language, but of course there's also Spanish. He wanted to know more on Spanish. He wasn't really hooked with Mexico, but he moved to Chihuahua. Yeah, he, he was diabetic with renal failure, has a pacemaker, and different kinds of strokes. Graduated college from sociology and psychology and lost sight and went to blind school. And thought Bracero meant a field worker. Why are you sitting on my desk? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm. Keep it. 
Uh, Barbara Covington was a black woman born in Sacramento who, once her father died, moved to Fresno, where they got by by her mother selling fruits and vegetables they grew for money. Once she got out of high school, she enrolled in Fresno State. She wasn't, she wasn't able to afford tuition, so she moved back to Sacramento, where she took a job as a typist in a warehouse at Nairfield in an all-black division. She eventually met a man by the name of Eugene Johnson, quickly got engaged in 1946, but then got divorced in 1959. Shut up. She quit her job at the McKellen Airport and took a job at the Sacramento Outlook in 1943. Her father was the leader of the NAACP until he died in 1920s, which caused her to move to Fresno. I couldn't find more on this woman, so here's what it's like to be a black on the home front during World War II. Blacks were sent to work and often got small jobs and no way of advancing. Executive Order 8802 helped stop some discriminatory acts, like during hiring, but they were often still kept separate.